following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. All right, two things off the top of my head, and there are a couple of uh, apparently's. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, Vince McMahon is an extremely shady person. Mm, that's putting it nicely. Yeah, and I've, I mean, that feeling has been around for a long time, to be honest with you. Who, who comes out of the uh, WWE Hall of Fame first? <laughs> Vince McMahon well, or Vince is in it. Drop. I'll, I'll leave it be there. Yeah. Vince isn't in the <laughs> Hall of Fame. Oh, oh really? That's odd. I figured he would have. Definitely put himself in there. The other apparently is apparently the new Drake album is terrible. Oh no! As there ever never mind. Yeah, I, I know my viewpoint on that. I'll just leave it be. The people I the people I'm close with that listen to Drake. Uh, you were talking to John. John, I wasn't talking to him, but you know, like group chat and stuff. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, and others were like, "Yeah, this isn't a this isn't exactly a banger." Hmm. And who was I think it was Elijah Lee that was on Twitter earlier today. He's like, listen, don't judge this thing. Or he's just saying albums in general. Don't judge albums until you listen to them twice. Yeah. Either good or bad. Yeah. It takes some time. Yeah. So, songs got to grow on you. Yeah. Like the first time. time around, like if it's not Welcome to the Jungle, maybe listen to it twice and determine if it's a good song or not. He'll <laughs> say Mr. Brownstone's a better song than, than uh, Welcome ooh. to the Jungle. Because it's about heroin? <laughs> yeah, and we know how Troy feels about heroin. I, I think in large part know. it's because I've burned out on Welcome to the Jungle by this yeah. point. Well, so. I hear you, uh, Mr. Just as Brownstone. I've, just as I burned out on uh, Nirvana, period. I mean, just, yeah. Used to do a little, but the little wasn't doing, so the little got more and more. Yeah, that's I, I, I just a great from, line. From a lyrical standpoint, it kicks. You're right. You could be mine, though, I think is a great... Uh, GNR song as well. Yep. I saw GNR Arrowhead and uh, opening form was Alice in Chains and it was an oh. amazing show. Oh. I did feel like uh, Alice in Chains went on a little bit long. By the way, uh, or not Alice in Chains, uh, Guns N' Roses, they played over two and a half hours. I thought that was a tad bit long. Yeah, We could have cut it down yeah. to 2.15. The time I saw them, they played 25 songs. Yeah. That's a long time. Did Axel throw the stand around a lot, the mic stand? That's yes, a, a little he, bit. Yep. Uh, he has one guy whose job is to go grab that mic stand back for him, and he th- he wings that thing around. It's crazy, but yeah, they were awesome. Slash is the man. Slash is the man, and I remember at that show there were a bunch of people upset when we were leaving because they did not play patience. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was even a little surprised. Like <laughs> that's a pretty big one. That's GNR. a big one. That's a big one. Uh, and speaking of rock and roll music, the stadium tour opened up yesterday uh. in Atlanta with Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Joan Jett, Poison. I had to look up the set list to see like how long they went. And both like, and I've argued before, I feel like Motley Crue should be closing the show. Yeah. But they, Motley Crue and Def Leppard, both played an hour thirty-five, so they wow. got the same amount of time. But uh, Motley Crue going on uh, second to last, and uh, Joan Jett getting fifty minutes. Poison getting a little over an hour. 
I mean, Joe and Jed, that's enough time to like get your stuff ready and yeah. then go out there and sing a couple and you're done. The thing is, like, that show is, I mean, we're talking about a summer tour outside in baseball stadiums and it starts at 4.40 in the afternoon. Yeah, buddy. It's a bit tough. Yeah. It's tough. Especially if it's weather like this. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. A, a grinder. And by the way, next week is all 90 degree weather mm-hmm. and almost triple digits some days. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a grinder. But uh, uh, so sorry, Drake fans. I feel bad for you. I know what it's like to uh, when an anticipated album comes out, you're ready for it, and it doesn't exactly hit. It's happened multiple times in my life. You know, just sometimes it works, it doesn't work out. For instance, when Metallica came out with Saint Anger, I remember being super jazzed about it. I bought the album the day it came out at Pomida in Clay Center, and it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it I went down to Pomida. I bought the album, and guess what? It stunk like the back end of Pomida. Man, you know, people don't understand how good they have it nowadays in yeah, terms of albums. Really? We had to buy the whole thing. And you then, couldn't just download tracks. And then you, whatever they used to like wrap them in the plastic was like Fort Knox, man. Yeah, and right. you're like, come on. And you get it and you're like, you put it in and you go, here we go, baby. I used to, oh. uh, I used to grab like a steak knife. Yeah. And my strategy to open up a jewel case was, you know, they had like that white label on the top edge. So I'd take the knife and like the little, uh, where you could get the leverage to open it up. Yes. Yeah. Just slide the knife through there simultaneously underneath the white label and just kind of pull up and try to, you know, kill two birds with one stone. While taking a finger off. (laughs) Never cut myself. Okay. All right. I was a winner usually. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G here on a Friday. Yes, He's usually pretty busy on Fridays, but we have him here today because today is a special show in hour number two. It is dedicated to the third annual Gamey Awards. We will be awarding 10 in 10 categories, and we have a special musical performance as well. No. A local artist. No way, dude. With a uh, song about the cats. So Really? Yes. Okay, first of all, is there a Gamey's like, theme song? Yes. Okay, okay, great. Okay. We're going to have a live studio audience. And you... Athletes will be here. Wow. You had... You really snuck that one in. A, a local artist is going to sing a song about the cats. Local artist that now lives in Colorado and I happen to go to high school with. Wow. Oh, my God. Okay, we'll hear his hit single. Wow. Called Tailgate Town. Dude, I am fired up Yeah, right it's a now. big show. It's a huge show. Ginormous. Oh. Speaking of uh, big news, so this was a big topic yesterday, especially in the first hour around this time, talking basketball and recruiting with D- Derek Young from KCN Online, which, by the way, if you missed that show, search for the game KMAN on Spotify, on your Apple podcast app, you wherever miss- you get your, uh, your, your podcasts. Just go search for it. You'll find it. SoundCloud is where we upload them and go listen to that interview. As a D.Y., he didn't drop the name, and I know why. It's because it, you can't pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, I'm sure you know he, he agreed not to say anything specifically. But um, I knew this was he was being hinted at, and then D.Y. giving us a few details on maybe who it could be, kind of filled in the, the details for us. I have figured out how to say this person's name. Yes. I will spell it for you and then say it. Okay. The first name, A B A. Y-O-M-I. 
the last name, I-Y-I-O-L-A. Now, I will go to the Hofstra, Hofstra website and go to the men's basketball hmm. roster page in the pronunciation guide. Abayami Iziolo. Iziolo. Obayami Iziolo. Can you go Iziola? Iziola. Sure. Iziola. Maybe I messed it up. I don't know. Abayami Iziola. Hmm. Either way, I'm sure it works. As a matter of fact, if, if I ask him, <laughs> Iziola how do you pronounce this last name? Italian feel. Yeah, Iziola. He's, he's going to cut it in half. He's going to give me a nickname, not only for first name, but last name. <laughs> I so just call me bye bye bye. That that's wow. what he said. That, okay, so this is the thing: the Arkansas Razorbacks website Did has it have something it, different. A biomi, e e ola, a biomi, a biomi, a biomi, a biomi, e ola. And he goes by Bebe. We'll figure it out someday. He, he likes to call himself Bebe. Hey Bebe. Hey Bebe. Hey Bebe. Hey, baby. Which, by the way, yes, that's a song. Daniel Imatter, baby. That was kind of his uh, his playlist or a playlist, like a theme song. It was when he would make a play, yeah. score a touchdown. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. I tell you what, those folks over there at K State know what they're doing. Sometimes they do. Usually, most guy, of the time. This guy, he, we're just going to keep. We're going to always have a guy, no matter what sport it is, that can go by baby. And that's cool with me. I am down with that. Every time you have a guy with a name that's a little difficult to pronounce, maybe not difficult, just something we don't see very often, and he's cool with Bebe, do it. Do it. Let's try this again. Abayami Iziola. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very close. I'm probably maybe off a little bit on the uh, – I probably need to throw a little accent in there, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I don't have enough of Southern Drawl. He is from Atlanta, but I'm cool with Bebe as well if he went that way. Another uh, another cat that comes to mind when it comes to a theme song, Xavier Sneed. X going to give it to you. Yeah. He's cool. What did he do? Oh, you're Make just saying. Plays. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. You're just saying that's another guy with a, a name. Yes. Uh-huh. And then um, Skyler is a Sky's the Limit by Notorious B.I.G. Sky is the Limit. Well, his nickname is and will always be Skyler316. Oh, yeah. We never got any stone cold glass shattered. Dun 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 dun. Never happened. It never happened. We didn't get it over with K State. It was kind of our own little thing. Right, right. He didn't didn't really ever like embrace it either. Mm -mm. I, I just want to point out, by the way, things you hate to see. Phil Mickelson misses the cut at the U.S. Open. Oh. 11 over. It's a waste Boy. of time to be there if he's for him. Yeah, pretty much. He needs yeah, to get back to. That's a good question. He's... No, it's the it, the Open is not a PGA event, oh, per it, se. It is oh. not. Okay. No, it's run by oh. the U.S. Golf Association. Ah, and they're like, we're not touching this situation with Correct. football, man. Go ahead. Come we on down. Folks. All told, they had 9,000 entry applications. Damn. 9,000. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to beat Phil Mickelson. Yeah, right. Well, well that's a waste did. of time for him. He's going to make more money for the live in, in, in Bangkok, Thailand, or whatever <laughs> they're going next. They're in Portland next, actually. Portland. 
Portland's a cool town. I've never been to their golf courses, but it's a cool town. And Oregon is very beautiful. As a matter of fact, I know uh, old uh, Avery Johnson, May's quarterback, four-star kid. We talk about him a lot. We're hoping he's going to become a cat here in the next 11 days. But he's got a I, – I think he's still scheduled to go out to Oregon, out to Eugene. Oregon is beautiful. I would. It's amazing out there. Okay. Okay. Well, gonna fall in love with the mountains and the lakes and the bears. No, it's a it's a dump. It looks like New Jersey on the West Coast. All I got is like you know nuclear waste and trash everywhere, and it just stinks. (laughs) And all I got is just a bunch of mob guys standing around at Satrialis. It's place stinks. I wouldn't even Avery, if I was a kid whose name is Avery. I wouldn't even go. Avery Voodoo Donuts overrated. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not that great. It's yeah. just donuts. It's stupid. And their beers, craft beers. You're not even old enough to drink. Man. Varsity don't. I will tell you though. When I was with uh, K State soccer, we went to Eugene and in, in Corvallis, but we stayed in Eugene. Corvallis isn't that far away, and we went like downtown to like their. It was like a flea market type of thing. And it was awesome. You had like farmers selling peppers and corn and stuff in one area. You had a, basically breweries come out and giving out samples in another oh. corner. And over here you had bongs, pipes, no joke. There was a lot of that out there. I was like, man, okay, Oregon's not bad. This is the spot. It's just I heard that they hate people from Maze. That's what I – that's just <laughs> – Hey, they, man. Just, they just hate maize in general. In corn, general, the you know, corn, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That when you saw that going corn, through a maze, they always get lost. They hate it. They hate it. They hate it. And they said, um, I was I was talking to a guy from Eugene, and he was like, "Oh, if that kid shows up, I'm, oh, we're gonna hate him. He's stupid." It, that's what they said. Not me, and not K State Nation. We love you, buddy. Those guys are gonna treat you like junk. Just saying. Just saying. I'm glad you had the source. I did it. I got the source. I got the guy. I was worried about the landscape, and he's oh. going to see hills bigger than the Flint Hills. You know who told me that? Who said that? That he was like, oh, we don't think that kid's any good. Actually, we think he stinks. Mike Bellotti. <laughs> Former Ducks head coach, now AD, probably retired by now. He goes, yeah, we don't oh, like that kid. Oh, boy. We think he stinks. This is a whole joke on him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Sounds like Avery Johnson's going to be you're a You're just going to keep backing that truck up yeah. and the manure, aren't you? Hear you? It, heard, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Bloody hates Avery. <laughs> the big news yesterday, I didn't even get a chance to talk about Vince McMahon. Um, yeah, what is going yeah, on, We, we kind of took a hard right in the way we went. Yeah. yeah. I felt like I had to say something, although it's being investigated by the WWE. Apparently he paid off some lady that was brought in. She's in her 40s and um, had an affair with her, paid her $3 million in hush money. It's, yeah, that's being investigated by the WWE. I'm just saying, um, yeah, this isn't the first time something shady has been brought up about Vince McMahon. No. no. And this isn't the worst. Right. Yeah. So let me bring up the Jimmy Snooka. I can't even say it. I'm so torn up about this. <laughs> Crazy. Jimmy Superfly Snooka. It's always been rumored that he murdered somebody and that Vince McMahon paid off investigators to cover it up. And that's a rumor that's been around for a long time. Yes, it has. And there's, uh, I mean, it feels like there's a lot of evidence out there to say, yes, he did. Not a whole lot to say he didn't. But, uh, hey, hmm. he's never been charged. Sure. It's just rumors. What? So the thing is, 
He's in trouble because he used WWE money, right? And he didn't like they 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 were missing it. They were missing like three million bucks. And I don't like, know about that. I I've, thought it was people internally found out that they were missing money. The, I mean, th- there's also another John Laurinaitis, um, who's a former wrestler, and he's uh, head of talent relations. Apparently, he's also involved in this oh. affair. And a part of the hush money deal. <laughs> Talent relations. Yeah, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good God. Hands on. No, I mean, it's super shady stuff. Oof. I don't think it's stuff he can, like, maybe legally get in trouble with, but it's hush money to make sure she doesn't talk to the media or talk about him with in the media, spill the beans. But Stephanie McMahon, his daughter, like last month, had stepped down from WWE, and this is probably why. Wow. And now he's stepping down, and she is taking over as CEO. Wow. So it's a gigantic mess. Yikes. And here's the kicker. Vince is putting himself on TV tonight to talk about it. What? No way. Tonight. I'm like, he would put himself on TV after he steps away. And he says the investigation's underway. I respect the investigation, and I will respect the results of the investigation. But this is still my show. It's still my show, and we need ratings. Unreal. Because Raw in Wichita, that was just in Wichita this last Monday, did historically low numbers, ratings, and attendance. Ooh. Wow. So I definitely see this as a ratings grab because nothing good can come out of that. Right. Wow, this dude has no shame, man. No shame. The things he's made women do in the past. Yeah. No shame. Yeah. Yikes. Stephanie is a great person, by the way, to be in charge of something like that. Be in charge of that company. If it wasn't for her, I mean, WWE was one of the first out of any public sports or sports entertainment organization to really push equality, not only in the United States, Huge in building an equality culture in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. She was a big push for that. Mm. So, I mean, to me, this is a huge step in the right direction. Man. Just in a public relations, global approach right. to the way they do business. Yeah, but I'm going to miss, like, she's not going to try to fight Bob Costas. And that, oh I'm going to miss that. <laughs> I'm going to miss him chested up to Bob Costas. Oh, yeah. Another terrible thing about Vince, the way he treated the Owen Hart situation oh, when he died in Kansas City. That was bad. And he was asked about, I can't remember what the question was, but it, he turned it into, I don't like your tone. Yeah, he definitely did. And then the Owen Hart family was super mad because they paraded all those wrestlers out the next day on Raw and everybody was crying. And you know, the res- the wrestlers, it's real. They are really, like, upset. Mark Henry wrote a poem about him. I mean, it was really sweet. But it's like Vince can't even, you know, for one minute, he can't stop thinking about ratings and how it's going to, like, help him and his checkbook. And here we go. Yeah, I can, Vince can't help but think about Vince. Yeah. I can go on and on about the things that I've learned about in the last few years that has really made me lose respect Mm. for Vince McMahon. COVID was a big issue where the wrestlers themselves didn't find out they had tested positive for COVID until they saw it on Twitter from the WWE accounts. People don't find out they are fired. 
until they see it on social media. That's messed up. That's me- I I've best I've, of luck on your future endeavors. Yeah. Um, That's the big line. Didn't, didn't we just have a presidential administration that was the same? One? Oh, never mind. <laughs> Troy always liking to push the envelope a little bit. I'm just pointing out. As oh. long as he had the Twitter account, that's what was playing out, man. I'm just comparing notes. What do we got here? <laughs> let's take a break. When we come back, yeah. uh, let's talk Kansas City because um, there are some folks to the west of us that don't like Kansas City getting the World Cup. That's next. College World Series is underway as Oklahoma leads Texas A&M 12 to 8. In the bottom of the eighth, and the Yankees are at the plate in Omaha. Seven runs, second inning, put Oklahoma out to the lead. Last check, there were four home runs already in the ball game today, which ties a uh, Charles Schwab Stadium or field or whatever they call it now uh, record. TD Ameritrade. Yeah, should it now? Yeah, yeah, TD Ameritrade. So now it's Schwab. Oh, oh! So there's a new name now. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. I didn't know that. Crypto.com. Oh, thank God they haven't gone to that yet. I do know uh, Texas A&M did it a grand slam. Okay. At so, one point. So then you've got a new ballpark record for home runs, which is saying something, given how small uh, or how big that park has played since 2011. I noticed that um, the attendance for that first game isn't great. No. 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 It, it, they brought it up on the broadcast on, on the uh, radio broadcast earlier that the attendance isn't solid, but you're starting a day earlier in the hopes that they get in a position to where next weekend there's a ball game going on. Because what has happened as the series have progressed, they've wound it up where both teams on Friday have won out their bracket, and then the championship series isn't scheduled to Monday. So then they lose Saturday, Sunday for game days potentially in there, and it really takes momentum out of it, takes a, a lot of the fun out of the series at that point. That's a great point. I didn't even think about that. That's happened recently like a couple times where it was like, this thing's still yeah. going, right? Why, why are we sitting around for an extra day here? What That's, is the story? Yeah. yeah. You know, one day's one thing, but right. sitting around for two days just adds to the anxiety and everybody's itching to get to that first game yesterday we found out some pretty big news for kansas city here's live reaction you know maybe this should be up for a pop of the year for the gamies power light finding out kansas city was the first name up of the cities announced for the 2026 world cup and there's some folks out west that were not happy about that, that uh, their city didn't get a World Cup spot, and Kansas City did. Troy, you need to talk to your folks out west because it was Denver. <laughs> you know, Denver couldn't figure yeah. out how in the world does Kansas City get a World Cup game or games and we don't get anything. There are a couple of things at play there, the first being the – viewpoint that they have had relative success themselves with the Rapids and in hosting in the past men's national team games, barring the one night that was being played when it was, what, 20 degrees? And yeah, oh my God. God. Um, But that being said, one of the things, of course, is at play was, uh, at least according to the uh, 
to to FIFA and the organizers was altitude. They wanted to try to limit the places in which you are dealing with altitude change. But from a technical standpoint, one of the things that that stands out on all of it is, and and someone brought this up today, and, and they were dead on in that assessment, and that is Kansas City has a very strong sports commission. And think about that for how long, you know, as long as you've been alive and longer than that, Kansas City has had a very strong sports commission. Business people, government leaders that are committed to ensuring that events come to Kansas City. And in many ways, I think that that got developed because they recognized at the time that the A's left town and they were trying to, of course, also line up season ticket holders for the Chiefs and all of those things, that there needed to be an organization that could oversee all of those type of things. And it has worked well for Kansas City. Able to keep the Big 12 basketball tournaments the way they have. You've got the NAIA tournament that plays uh, in Kansas City. You've got all of the varying events that take place under the auspices of that sports commission, and it's been successful. Denver doesn't have that. Denver doesn't have that organization, and right now you're looking at a situation there where you've got Kroenke owning th- three, essentially, of the major teams, if you will, by adding in the Rapids, of course, and he's got the stadium that the Rapids play in, but he doesn't own downtown. He, you know, Ball Arena uh, is his, but the football stadium's not his, it's the city's. Coors Field is not the Monforts, it's the cities. And so that plays a, a role there. And you've got the ownership situation with the Broncos, not fully clear just yet, even though the talk of the bid being accepted has taken place. So you've got a little bit of disorganization there where you've got multiple things pulling in different directions, and there's not that that group to oversee events like that coming to Denver. I think you make a great point, but what all you just said is a small piece of the puzzle in this situation. What those Denver, I don't know if the residents are like those in Colorado that were unhappy that Denver did not get the World Cup. I doubt they're soccer fans because what they fail to realize is it's arrogance on their part that Kansas City has become the soccer capital of the United States, you go back to the 2010 World Cup where Landon Donovan scored that goal against Algeria, and one of the places just went absolutely nuts was Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And No, you're right. You do, not have, you do not have a power and light district type of gathering spot in Denver it's for not that. Ju- it's not just that, though. The United States was not in the last World Cup. The, the, in the United States... For multiple matches in the group stages, the best ratings in the United States was coming Mm -hmm. out of Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Even when the U.S. isn't playing, Kansas City has shown to be the most respectable market for soccer that is not a representative, even if there's not a representative of the United States. It gets back to actually a, a problem with the front range. As much as I love the front range. And this is a problem that, honestly, I dealt with my frustrations with it for 18 years. It doesn't matter if it's the Rockies, the Avalanche, the Nuggets. 
it doesn't matter if it's University of Colorado, Colorado State, Northern Colorado, Air Force, every single one of them falls well beneath the one big behemoth in town when it comes to sports. Absolutely. It's the Broncos. It is a Broncos, not just town, a Broncos region. Yeah. And it overrides everything. Yeah. And and a great example would be right now, if you wanted to listen to any of the five sports stations in Denver today, four of them are going to be telling you right now about the Broncos <laughs> and talking Broncos and talking Broncos instead of giving a dang about what the Rockies are doing for tonight's ball game or even taking a look at tomorrow's Avalanche game against Tampa Bay. Absolutely. And I, I think it's kind of... I, I, it's definitely Kansas City's hunger for soccer, but it's also what Troy's talking about too, Kansas City's ability to sell itself and say, you know what, we have this, we have this, we have this, come down. And mm-hmm. I think it comes from this old saying from Charlie O, the guy that bought the A's. He said, "This you can't do nothing in this one-horse town. And they left. And then the Kings take off. And somebody in Kansas City said, we have to sell ourselves. And not only do you have a strong soccer base of people that are like, we're tuning in and we're going to be pumped. But you also have like a lobbyist kind of person who's like, by the way, we have the cool fans and we've got some stadiums that can we can fill up and will be filled up. And we've got all kinds of stuff come to Kansas City. And I think Denver's the kind of spot where they kind of just sit back and expect the mountains to bring them in, and it doesn't work that way. Boom, you got you went to another point that I wanted to bring up. Too often, the marketing falls on, on skis. Right. I mean, literally, because they talk about how a Monday night football game with snow falling will immediately pick up the uh, ski reservations. Like that. Right. And, you know, people get used to... That being the marketing. Well, that's not going to do it when you've got especially a summer event like this coming into town. Right. And and you need to have your entire community behind it 100%. No, majority of the community is going to be looking to Broncos training camp and when are those 14 open practices taking place. Right. I, 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 and I say I get frustrated about this when I was out there. One of the things, and... and Tad Boyle and I talked about it extensively, and I talked about it with with Colorado State's officials. It would have been nice to put together a round robin of sorts with the four state Division I's, save for Air Force being the different cat, but it would have been in the mix. You have four schools in that that frame right there. Northern Colorado is a a state-run. Colorado State, Colorado, and we'll throw in Air Force. Can you imagine what that round robin would have been like? Well, okay, Colorado, Colorado State would have been a matchup, and it would have to be Colorado and Northern Colorado. You're not going to set up a, or Air Force in Northern Colorado, you're not going to set up a Air Force, Colorado State matchup there because they're conference foes. But you could have a tournament very easily, or at least just a two-game doubleheader. You know, just do a doubleheader at ball arena and be able to make something happen around just before Christmas time. And then you're saving the athletic department's money. You're actually bringing in money. You're able to put together an event that would maybe excite 
basketball fans. But no, it's college basketball. It doesn't have nearly the draw or excitement. College football is it's 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 why Colorado uh, we mock because you know they think that they really you know could be this big player. Their TV eyeballs are never going to match what USC is going to match. Who's going to win March Madness? It, it's, it, it's, why the, it's why the Colorado State arguments always fall hollow to me about being in the Big 12. Boise State? <laughs> Colorado State doesn't draw the TV market. Denver's their TV market. If Colorado wasn't drawing in that market, how's How Colorado, Colorado State, State going to draw in that market? Exactly. And, you know, it, 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 it's, it's just a, it's a bad setup for them. Kansas City's got the perfect setup. You're absolutely right with all that they do with it and and being able to market it with power and light and all of that. It, it's just a perfect spot. And Arrowhead, they're going to have to make changes to Arrowhead Stadium to, to host these matches. Well, the, And it, there's the other thing at play. You forget about one other thing. We're talking about the Hunt family who has always backed soccer. Yeah. They're the ones who started the Kansas City whiz right. back in the day, right. now Sporting KC. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to take out some seats in the lower bowl that are closest to the stadium, or closest to the field, I should say, because FIFA has regulations. Mm-hmm. You have to have a certain amount of yard to be able to hold these matches. There also has to be a certain type of ventilation system for the field. It, it's <laughs> it's a bit mm-hmm. much, but I know Kansas City, like you said, I was, they are willing to make those small changes. It's going to take some money, yeah. but they're going to make some changes to hold these matches. Tickets are expected to be around 300 bucks yeah, oh yeah. for the World Cup, and they are going to sell, and it doesn't matter who plays in these matches. People from the, around the world will be coming to Kansas City to watch these matches. Kansas City is going to turn into a really fun place mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks Absolutely. in 2026. You know, for a fact, there was a push by Kansas City to get this. You know who had his hands all over that? Clark Hunt. Absolutely. No question. They ain't going to do nothing without him on board. And that's what I think is, like I said, when you show up with the guy who owns the Chiefs, the guy, part of the Royals guys, the power and light person, the mayor, some other guys, big business people from Kansas City, and you show up and present yourself to the World Cup people, and then Denver kind of comes in and they're like, hey, we're Denver, here we are, we're in the mountains and stuff. Of course, you're always going to pick the guys with the better presentation every time. And that's what Kansas City, they do a great job of working together to bring stuff in. Even when it was just like, Tournaments at Kemper, they were always pushing for stuff to happen in Kansas City, even when it wasn't big, big, big. It was still just vital to them to have that stuff come in, and I commend them for it. They did a great job. When we come back, of course, we have the gamies coming up in the second hour. That's going to be a lot of fun, but since we do have that in the second hour, we have moved up number one song of the day. That is next. From 1975. I remember all my life. <laughs> Mandy. Oh my God. By Barry Manilow. B Dog. One week at number one. One. Face through a window, crying oh. in the night. The night goes into morning. Just like 
just another day. Singer and songwriter from Brooklyn, New York. And today he is celebrating his 79th birthday. Wow, congratulations. Happy birthday, 79. Good God. the lyrics that's on brand well Barry Manilow his career spans seven decades he began earning money as a pianist in 1964 and uh, currently has a residency at Westgate in Vegas wow so he's still banging out the tunes <laughs> oh, I, I, here's this little nugget about him uh, Barry Manilow made headlines in June of 2006, when Australian officials blasted his music from 9 p.m. until midnight every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday <laughs> to uh, make sure gangs of youth were not congregating in a certain residential area once night rolled up. And then uh, those youth became super sensitive dudes who were like yeah. really very nice to everybody. Well, and then to counter that, in February of 2022, New Zealand authorities employed a similar tactic against protesters who camped outside the country's parliament building to protest COVID 19 vaccine mandates. <laughs> Mandate? Mandy! Yeah. <laughs> you know. And, and what, by the way, wasn't like New Zealand the first to like yeah. completely eliminate COVID <laughs> yeah. from the country yeah. for like a long time? They're like, hey, listen, our gangs have now divided themselves between Barry Manilow hits. One guy, they're they're Mandy's. The other guys are Copacabanas. What are we gonna do? And hey, why does Barry Manilow? He always looked like he always looked forty. I know. <laughs> he was like a young guy. He looked like he was 45. What is that story, Troy? <laughs> yeah. This is this is before Troy. This is way before Troy's time. Uh, I was all of four. Oh, my God. Well, Barry Manilow has sold more than 85 million records as a solo artist worldwide. 31 studio albums. 25 top 40 hits. This is his first of three number ones. And it's from his second studio album, Barry Manilow 2. <laughs> what a name. A real thinker. Barry. I mean, it's not quite like Led Zeppelin 3, but... No, no. This is always... This oh, always reminds true. me of... Should maybe pump the brakes <laughs> on there. <laughs> Wait a second. Zeppelin started getting a little bit more interesting with their album names yeah. after, of right. course, Untitled. Oh, it's cool to call it the number. <laughs> This always reminds me of that family guy. Oh, Quagmire. I can't, I can't think about that without hearing this. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Scott English. Uh, he wrote the lyrics. So this is technically a cover. Whoa. But he wrote the lyrics and recorded the first song in 71. But it wasn't called Mandy. It was called Brandy. His version was a hit in the United Kingdom and the U.S., it was changed to Mandy to avoid confusion with the Looking Glass hit song, Brandy, You're a Fine Girl. You're a fine girl. I like that song. Now, we need to address an urban myth about this song. I'll take you back to the 90s hit movie, Can't Hardly Wait. Mm -hmm. Listen to this. What? 
Blazeberry Manilow. Yeah, I know. Why do we have a radio station on the Blazeberry Manilow? Just listen to the words, Denise. Amanda? Mandy, Amanda. Mandy's short for Amanda. That's it, that's my sign. Preston, I, I hate to interrupt this alternate universe you've wandered into here, but like, I heard that song's about his dog. not about a dog. It's about a woman named Amanda. <laughs> Who the hell names their dog Amanda? My cousin named her dog Samantha. Look, shut up about the dog, okay? <laughs> That's my sign. That is totally my sign. Man, what a movie. Oh what a movie. I mean, he's Preston. Yeah. I mean, Preston. <laughs> By the way, a young Jason Segel in For that movie. sure. Young, it's a young, great young. movie. Young uh, um, Seth Green. Uh-huh. That girl ends up in Six Feet Under, too. She played a fantastic... Yes, that's right. And that's right. You're Jennifer correct. Love Hewitt, of course. Oh. Yeah, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Everybody yeah. likes her. Ten lucky ladies. Yep. Nine. Nine. Okay. Peter Fascinelli. Okay, so... The bit about Mandy being about Manilow's dog, that is an urban myth. That is not true. Songwriter and original performer Scott English says he was woken by a phone call from a reporter wanting to know who Brandy was. He said, quote, I would have had said anything to get rid of him. English said, so I spat out the first thing that came to my mind. It was about a dog like Lassie. And I had her sent away. <laughs> I hung up on him. The guy sucks. In a 2013 interview, um, Scott English, he said the idea for the song title actually came while he was in France and someone tried to make a dirty joke saying, Brandy goes down fine after dinner, doesn't she? Oh. Although, in English, a drink does not actually have a grammatical gender, and the line does not have the intended double entendre. He later wrote this song in London. He said he hated the Manilow version because he took out part of the verse that he made for the bridge, but he later said he loved it because... It bought him multiple houses. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> after the check clears, he's like, oh, yeah, Barry is really cool. I like him a lot. All right. Before we take uh, our uh, top of the hour break here, before we get to our local news, we need to get to Sam Honeybuns because he has a movie preview oh boy. for the weekend. I'm Sam Honey, taking a look at this weekend's coming attractions. Once again, we have a one-movie weekend, so not much variety going into the Father's Day Juneteenth weekend. The one and only film coming out this weekend is Lightyear, an origin story for the toy from Toy Story. Legendary space ranger Buzz Lightyear embarks on an intergalactic adventure alongside ambitious recruits. As this motley crew tackles their toughest mission yet, they must learn to work together as a team to escape the evil Zerg and his dutiful robot army that are never far behind. Tim Allen does not return to the role for this one, but is instead being played by Chris Evans. Lightyear is rated PG and has a running time of 1 hour and 40 minutes. It currently has a 79% on Rotten Tomatoes. That'll wrap up this week's movie preview. Listen in on Monday for the Micro Movie Minute of Lightyear with me, Sam Honey. You know, I've seen the preview for that movie, the trailer for that movie many times. It actually looks pretty interesting. Yeah. I figured Tim Allen wouldn't be in it. It's a younger Buzz Lightyear, so they go with kind of a different sounding voice. 
Plus, I'm pretty sure he's busy with uh, like the Santa Claus. Like, there's he's doing something with that. There's debate over the fact, literally debate over the fact that he's not the voice for this. Oh, it's I mean, I mean, honestly, it's two different characters. Yeah. Guys, do not go anywhere. The third annual Gamey Awards hosted by Mitch Fortner is coming up next. Ten awards to give out. Stay tuned. Your local news is next. <laughs> 